Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 13 of The Resistance, titled Dangerous Business. Now, okay, guys, sorry, I missed this. Before we get started, I know we have an announcement. All I got, something about the ABCs? Well, what's this? Um, I can, well, I guess the uh, ABC Squadron, I guess that's going to be, it was an announced that it was supposed to be following a squadron of uh probably pilots naturally uh it's going to be a trilogy yes instead of being a single book so how cool is that uh yeah the, the book is gonna be written by alexander freed who uh of course did the uh, battlefront t- uh twilight squadron uh, tie-in novel as well as the rogue one novelization um and uh it's it's actually it, steven I was going to say, just to, just to make sure I'm perfectly clear, it's Alphabet okay. Squadron, not ABC Squad. Yes. It's Alphabet. is, you know, the alphabet. Yes. You know, it's like, it was a great we, we segue. You, you, mean, okay. you mean the pun? The pun uh, right over my head? It wasn't, it wasn't really a pun. It was just, you know, bad. Right over my head. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but it's uh, got a yeah. very... Uh, uh, so Alphabet Squadron sounds really cool. It's actually going to be not just a single novel, but a trilogy of... Of, uh, of of books and um, better yet, you know who is going to be giving Alphabet Squadron their orders? Any guesses? Oh, please tell me it's Wedge. It's Hera. Oh, yeah, we got some Hera in uh, in Alphabet Squadron, which is really really cool. Uh, also, starting in April, there will be a Marvel comic series called Star Wars Tie Fighter. It's a mini series set during the time of Alphabet Squadron, actually. And so uh, they will have a crossover where um, you know, you'll actually see kind of some of what happens. It says uh, it will follow the brutal fallout during the fall of the Empire from both sides of the battle, which sounds fascinating for sure. I may have uh, to pick up my comics again. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. At so, least for this. Yeah, it sounds really cool. And uh, some, some great tie-ins to... Um, to 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 rebels and you know I, I like the fact they're trying to do this this crossover so uh yeah stay tuned for more on alphabet squadron but i don't know about you but i always love a good book series of books about pilots i mean the x-wing novels were, i mean the x-wing squadron uh, mm-hmm. continues to be my favorite series so i have so, to say yeah, the one thing i'm I, excited i really enjoy i enjoyed the inferno squad that I know that yeah, was kind of like that was a good one. Part, oh, that, that was, was also really good too. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm good. I would say I'm. Ex- I'm very excited about the topic. I'm cautiously optimistic overall about Alphabet Squadron. To be totally honest, really? I wasn't a huge fan of um of the Battlefront um Battlefront I, Twilight Company. Get me started. Um, I think I said t- Twilight Squadron earlier. Twilight Company was not a huge fan. Uh, but I love the Rogue One novelization. So yes. Oh no, sorry. He did the Rogue One a Star Wars story comic adaptation. Uh, um, no, wait. 
See, if I someone told me recently he did ro- the Rogue One novelization. He did not do the Rogue One novelization. I apologize. We regret that error. Uh, wow, no, Alexander Freed just did Twilight Company. Yes, uh, but you know when we say something wrong, we correct it. Um, yes, that's true. Even when it's on air. Yes, exactly. And yeah. we own up to it. Yeah. So uh, and and when we could edit it uh, out, but we're just not first, going to. William was wrong. Wow. Thank let you. Him, let him Sorry. continue. Um, let him continue. Um, anyway. Yes. Oh, you want me to continue about how William's wrong? No, I mean, let William continue. <laughs> you guys are terrible. Oh, not talking about William being wrong. Got it. Okay. Oh. Sorry, yeah. William, continue. What were you saying? Thank you. And please make sure it's right this time. <laughs> so, oh, we're not, I'm not going to edit out any of this. Um, <laughs> so, anyway. No, we uh, stand by what we say, right? Except when it's uh, and and actually, I was not wrong because he he actually did do the rogue one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my goodness! This is great. William. This what is great. Is back and okay. Forth? So so fun fact. Fun fact. Okay. Would, would you like um, me to do the other? The comic, comic series is being written by Jody Hauser, who who penned Marvel's Thrawn and Rogue One comic adaptations. Um, but I, you know, I completely forgot that Alexander Freed did do the Rogue One novelization. I did enjoy the Rogue One novelization. I was less uh, excited about um, Battlefront Twilight Company. But uh, you know, yeah. I, I I think the the premise of Alphabet Squadron sounds amazing, and uh, so yeah, I'm I'm excited. Wow. I'm also excited yeah, this... that Stephen, I was not wrong. Well, okay. One, how, how about I do this one? Okay, <laughs> and I'm gonna leave this there... in because this is so awkward and so great. Um, yeah. for me, yeah. can I, not can, for anybody can I, else. Can I do the next one? What the other one? There's a thing. The other Marvel comic. There's, there's another, a, there's another comic? comic. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Tom? Let me let me build. Tom, what's happening? Yeah, okay. So not only do we have that Marvel comic series coming, but we have another one that's going to be coming. And this one is going to be released soon. Actually, it's going to be released in April. And it's going to center around Disneyland and Walt Disney World's Galaxy's Edge. It's going to be written by Ethan Sachs. If you want more information about it, you can go to StarWars.com. But it's going to follow an Athorian, which right now the name totally escapes me. But he's going to be somebody that you probably will be interacting with at at both parks. This is what I find interesting. The series release releases in April. Okay. Now Bob Iger, and this is in the press. He let it slip that one of the galaxy's edges is going to open in June. That one, if you count five months, okay, it's going to miss the June, but if it's five ep- episode, uh, mini series, that's going to be August. So is that possibly leading into when another one opens, the other one? Question mark. That could be cool. Mm, interesting. Because it's April and then May, June, July, August. That's when the last of the min- that's when the last book. Huh. I mean, I don't I, know I, any of this. This is all total speculation. Yeah, that, that's the only interesting. one that we know I, is he said June for the Disneyland one. I could see them obviously kicking off the parks, timing the end of the series with it. I'm not, and I'm not sure why. I mean, it's kind of a cool idea whether or not they would actually. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it was like, hey, we have this happening in June and this happening in what you said, August mm-hmm. uh, or September, and so we need a four, three, four issue series um, to to bridge the gap. Maybe that maybe that was it. That's kind of a cool yeah. concept. It would but, be interesting if that if that's what they're planning. Yeah, but I don't think they would hold the launch of the park just. For, oh God, no, 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 sure, no. no. Um, but still, no. it's kind of cool, cool idea. Yeah. We'll see. speculation. Nobody knows anything. You know, that's it. Yeah. 
So we will see. But uh, yeah, I, I'm very excited to see what they reveal, get a little more of Galaxy's Edge. We've been seeing Galaxy's Edge appear in various mediums, um, you know, incre- with increasing regularity. Uh, the last in ca- case, of course, being the Thrawn uh, Alliance's novel. Uh, so yeah, we will uh, we'll get an even closer glimpse at Galaxy's Edge starting in April. And right. they're really they're you really. Even Peel is going to be in Galaxy's Edge. Oh, oh God! It's, he'd be. I mean, he'd be dead. But I oh. I was going to say they're really trying to build a backstory, and then you come up with that one. Wow. I mean, that would be a heck of a backstory. Didn't you say even peel? I thought I could have sworn I heard even peel. No. Okay. Sorry. I I don't know. I'm impressed. Steven's in a mood today. It's great. Apparently in a mood. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. It's great. It's great. He's a little, uh, he's a little snippy. It's getting a little bit of a soca in there. So, Oh, so we, okay, so the episode rundown. Thank you, Tom. Take uh, us away. Yeah, we. So so here we go with what we're going to review tonight is Resistance, episode thirteen called Dangerous Business, written by Eugene Son and directed by Sal Ruiz. Now, in this episode, in exchange for parts, Kaz mines acquisitions for Flix and Orca, or Oka. So, whoa, Orca, and yeah. comes into conflict with a shady alien customer in league with the First Order. Now. I know we did this before we recorded, but in my opinion, this episode episode should have kicked off the second half of the season. My opinion. Oh, the, sorry. The, yes, the second half of the... Yeah, yeah. Yes. I don't yeah, this, I mean, this I actually... I don't know. Well, but it's, you know what? This, this, this at least moved the story forward. This had something to it. This, this, I didn't feel like it moved the story forward at all. It was, it, to me, it felt like a very... It it moved run it the moved mill the, episode, but it moved the story forward by way of we actually got to see the first order. We got to see somebody working for the first order, and basically we got to see one of the first order plans be destroyed flat out right there. So yeah. in in a way, in a way, it did better than you know last week's episode with this big monster attacking the platform. It's true. I, <clears throat> I mean, I think it was that made this would have made this a good opening. I thought is the fact that this is like. An episode where Kaz is not a horrible person. Yes. And I totally agree. I almost didn't know what to do with it. Like, wait, like the episode opens up with Kaz has fixed the I'm blanking. The fireball. The it's fireball. the fireball. <clears throat> yeah. Like he put in a new GX engine, repulsor lifts, injectors, and like a whole bunch of other stuff. Like mm-hmm. the, the the episode when the episode starts and we find out, and I think Yeager, Tam, and Nico are equally surprised that he's mm-hmm. done all this. Um my jaw was almost on the floor. I was like, wait, Kaz actually knew how to did work. Well, well one, he did almost. work and actually well, almost, knew, yeah. knew how to do his job as a mechanic. Whoa. I did like, huge I did like growth. a little touch where, uh, like he fixed it, but he wasn't perfect. <laughs> he actually did it all wrong. And Tam, Tam had to well, go fix it. But, but the other thing I really liked about it was he fixed it, but he also knew that Tam wanted to fly it. Mm-hmm. So that's why he got up yeah. early so he could get it fixed for her. But the thing that I really liked about it is he did it. He did all that in exchange for doing something else. So he can get all mm-hmm. the parts to fix that fireball properly yeah. to make it flyable. Yeah. I mean, he got up early to fix yep. the ship so that someone else could fly it. He's never actually fixed stuff before. He's never really cared about working. And so those are huge moments for Kaz. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he decided that he couldn't pay for the parts. And so he would go and work for 
at the office of acquisitions to to pay off the uh, pay them back for the parts. And he didn't just like abandon his mechanic duties and say, "Okay, I'll go work for the office of acquisitions and come back at some other point." Um, right. Like, wow, go Kaz! I'm impressed. I mean, that's that's a major growth for the character. And again, like I said, I think this one should have been last week. Yeah. Just I mean, by how it started. Yeah, yeah. But like, I was just, I was just happy. I, I agree. But I was even, even without that, I was just happy to see Kaz kind of taking more of an initiative and actually mm-hmm. doing stuff. I, I also then enjoyed the, the the twist where he actually, he said, didn't really do it all right. But you know, it's a thought that counts, right? He, he yeah. tried. Not, it it's showing that the character is actually learning, right? Like yeah. he may not be perfect I mean, yet. I'm, but he's learning. Yeah, and like I'll skip ahead a little bit, but like. Has also, you know, solved the main issues in the plot, you know, around the uh, whatever the part being stolen without BB-8, too, who's traditionally been the one who does everything that needs to get done. That's totally correct. More than almost any other episode. This is Kaz actually not being terrible. Yeah. In fact, you actually bring up a good point. BB-8 gets trapped. He's he BB effectively fails his mission. Um. And he's trapped, and it's Kaz who has to come rescue him, where it's normally the other way around. That's that's momentous. Yeah. So, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It was the it was things. Nice. What I like, what I thought was very funny, was when Kaz actually went to the office of acquisitions, and he was talking to Flick, uh, Flix, and Orca about how the whole thing works in there. The main thing they kept stressing, the most important rule, they kept stressing to him left and right, take the customer's money. Yep. No matter what you do, I mean, if somebody wants a part, don't forget to take the money. It is kind of important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we, and we learn why Kaz, is, 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 uh, why Kaz needs to watch the Office of Acquisitions, and I guess it's to... Stop go have dinner with Flix's mother. It's kind of a random <laughs> topic of, I guess off planet, but Hey, uh, why not? Um, and you know, uh, Flix calls it, I guess a tragic ending to a story of some sort. So very curious to hear more about Flix's, uh, interesting father. family. Uh, his father, I guess, supposedly he claims is a Gungan. So, you know, uh, or part Gungan. Sorry. Uh, which of course Orca doesn't believe, but you know, we need we need to see more. Know, of these I don't. Yeah, I don't Go know. Ahead, I like Steve. them in little bits. It, I yeah. feel like it makes them just better characters. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. Yeah, it was nice. Little... Not not too outlandish, but just checking in on them every now and again, I find is really funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do like them a lot, and they they have a this this pet Gorg named Bitey, who, by the way, uh. don't. Don't let Bitey around Niku, because as we know, Niku yeah. loves to eat Gorgs. Um, but uh, Bitey likes to kind of bite everything, and basically through the entire episode proceeds to cause a lot of trouble. Um, although Bitey also kind of gets mistreated a little bit. I don't know. So. Yeah, but you, you I, know, there was some animal abuse going on there at the very end, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, there was, but you know what was really good about that calling that character bitey and they used it very well they used that whenever whenever he needed a distraction or whenever he needed like at the end he needed to have some wires chewed they always used that little bit it wasn't a throwaway oh he's bitey because of this 
there was a purpose to that. At the end, there was a payoff to him being bitey. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so you know, the the Flix and Orca they leave the office of acquisitions, and and Kaz is all alone by himself. And um, we get two customers who we see. Uh, it's apparently a slow day. Um, the customer number one is Jukes, of course, the female Thelen, uh, who wants a can of premium deluxe D ninety droid oil, which naturally Kaz can't find without BB 8s help. So, you know, but like again, that's that's the one. I think the one time where Kaz is kind of well, actually, there's two main things where he really screws up. Uh, that one, I wouldn't say it's a big screw up, but he's just kind of helpless and needs BB eight assistance. Um, I did kind of wonder: did Kaz get like? Did he actually get paid or take? Did he, you know, remember the number one rule? I didn't notice any exchanging of cash. I think didn't she? Pay? She did. Yeah, she did pay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Taraj, I now I'm trying to remember. I actually watched the episode almost a week ago, but um, the um, and you don't remember it perfectly. No, I apologize, and uh, I didn't include that in my notes. But um, but Taraj oh, Key, uh, no played by you, I John, mean, no wonder you didn't remember what Alexander Freed had done. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. Steven. Oh God, anyway. Stephen. Uh, I know. I'm just. I don't no, know no, no you're, you're fine. You're fine. Um, God, but their next. God, this is like a Monday night, people. But customer. Yeah, I mean, it's cu- a Tuesday night, so... I was going to say, was I was actually... Weekend, so I keep thinking... It's so, basically a Monday night. Yes, yeah, exactly. I keep thinking all day that today is Monday, and it's actually Tuesday, so there's that. Um, hey, it's listeners, now that. you get a little <laughs> look into our life of insanity. Um, no, but uh, Taraj Key, uh, played by John Ennis, is the is customer number two. And let's, let's be honest, he is sketchy from the get-go. Like... Oh, absolutely. Like, oh, ab- and, yeah. and, and Kaz does not pick up on it whatsoever. Whatsoever. Um, <clears throat> you know, he instantly comes in and is like, oh, yeah, Flix and Orca sold me this rare phase connector. The fact he even uses rare, like, it's sketchy again. <clears throat> you know, so they sold me this phase connector, and, you know, of course, Kaz can't find any orders from in the system, and so... Well, you he know. does find an order. Well, sorry, but, but not group. for Taraj. Yeah, but for somebody else. Right. Not it was for, for the mining Correct. guild on Balashar. And Kaz, why would you tell him that? Why would you tell him, oh, we have one, yep, but it's that, not for you it. when okay. he looks sketchy? <laughs> okay, re- re- realize something. And then he asks, where is it? Like, come on, Kaz. Okay, mm. okay re- re- realize, realize one thing, okay? You saw his growth <clears throat> moment at the beginning of the episode. He was all and grown then, out. Yeah, it's like, it's like that, that kind of took a little bit out of him. So he had, he had the proverbial, you know, brain... Which, whatever you call it, and he completely forgot that this is something you don't tell anybody that what you have goes to somebody else, and that you even have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't yeah. know, Ugh, man. That Katerian Taraj, he's just, uh not uh, not the most trustworthy. I don't know. Like he <laughs> he instantly decides again. It's super sketchy. I'm going to buy a whole bunch of parts from you. Yeah. But, and ask them to ask Kaz to deliver them to the storage locker on loading dock 23 personally. When, that again, was sketchy he's right wa- there. He's watching the shop. Like maybe yeah. once I'm done with work or something like it's yeah. in the words of the hey, wonderful. It, Admiral said it was a huge order. It's obviously a trap, but uh, Kaz can't see that. So yeah. 
Yeah, poor, <sighs> poor Kaz. What's surprising to me though is even BB-8 doesn't start protesting at this point. Yeah, that is true. You would yeah. think the BB-8 yeah. would have been able to, you know, seen through what was going on, especially how casually uh, the, the the guy was basically walking through the shop, going, "I'll take this, I'll take this, I'll take this." It's like that would have put a red flag up on somebody just yeah. like this random stuff. Exactly. Like, I don't know if I trust you. Um, yeah. But the yep. biggest thing is, is do you, I mean, he's so me, do you think he paid? Did he pay for the order in advance? Do you think? I think he paid. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he paid. No, I think he did pay. But, but my thing was, so, be, so then, so then awesome. Kaz made a ton of money to this in this episode for our dear friends, right? Well, yeah, he, he did, also but, stole a rare face country, which I'm sure is way more expensive than the price of the parts. Okay, but but before but before uh, that, the the face connector gets stolen, when Kaz leaves, he leaves the shop. In in he leaves BB-8 in charge of the shop. How's BB-8 going to help a customer come in? Especially if there's something really high I mean, to get. How is BB-8 going to get something out of the register? That's well. Remember those credits he got on Cantobite? He may have had a couple of those left over. So that's one way. Uh, um, but know. I'm thinking Whoa, about that's stuff. A different guy. That's a different guy on Cantobite, for the record. So, oh, that BB-8 was a different guy? Okay. Oh, oh, sorry. That, that, sorry. I, no. Uh, no, so, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I mis- totally misunderstood. I thought you were talking about Taraj. No, Taraj is how, a Katerian no, no, no. who's actually no. seen on Cantobite in The Last Jedi, uh, or uh, that that species, but it's a different character. Um, kind of looks like a basilisk, you know, the right, um, right. Uh, right. Uh, uh, Dexter Jetster, but with two arms instead of four and like horse-like ears. But anyway, but no, BB-8, yeah, he, he hasn't been to Cantobite yet for the money. Oh, that's right. Oh, God, I've got the series that out. Happens, yeah, that happens later. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, man. I thought I had a really good way for him to pay off the guy, but guess not. Insert Steiner Mark yeah. Steven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so moving <laughs> on. Yeah. Um. So, um, so no, BB-8 is instead guarding the store while Kaz leaves to uh, to deliver the sketchy, sketchy pack uh, delivery at a lo- loading dock. And to make matters worse, Taraj then tells Kaz, please drop my parts inside this giant storage locker that looks empty. Yeah, like, yeah. And then probably slams the door on it. That doesn't look sketchy. Yeah. That doesn't look sketchy. Right. And then tells Glem, who now apparently works for Taraj, to drop the storage locker into the ocean. Of course, little does Glem know that Kaz is inside and can't hear him over the blaring music. And um, so, yeah, bad, bad things ensue. Which, which was interesting that he had headphones on listening to music. You're on a platform. I have to say, though, I actually loved this scene quite a bit. Um, I thought it showed some ingenuity from Kaz. Mm-hmm. And, that is true. Um, the music was kind of fun. You know, we don't always get, you know, diegetic music uh, in, in, in Star Wars. Diegetic music being music that the characters can hear in the real world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not music that is just designed for the, for the, for the viewer. Um, and um, and so, you know, we get to hear a little bit of that. We got a little bit of diegetic music in Rebels with uh, uh, Zeb's rock music, right, where they're sitting outside in that one time. But it's, it's, pretty, mm-hmm. it's pretty rare. Sometimes a cantina scene, right? Um, it's not all that often, though. Um, 
and you know kind of glam dancing in time with the music was cool but more important than that i loved the way the music transitioned between um uh kaz inside the locker storage locker trying to get out and glam outside listening to music he was bopping to the music yep and bb8's fight with taraj because if you listen really carefully when glem when 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 you see shots of glem outside the container you hear the diegetic music but as soon mm-hmm. as it switches inside it actually switches to uh, the score that uh, it's not the diegetic music because Kaz can't hear it and neither can um bb8 and taraj but it's very similar in style um and so they the they did an excellent job, I think, weaving back and forth between diegetic and non-diegetic music. Uh, mm-hmm. If you listen really, really carefully, and I thought that was very well done, as they you know changed between the different characters. That is really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. What I also found fun is while Kaz was inside that um, that container, he was having to try to figure out a way to get out. And I love how he was able to do it because didn't he use like a magnifying glass with um, some kind? I'm going to say a welding torch. But it was funny because he was like, he doesn't have enough uh, power to get the thing to work. But with that magnifying glass, whatever he was able to use, he was able to get that thing to basically get himself out just in the nick of time. Because right when that container fell, here he is hanging for his life in the middle of the, the thing that was holding on to it. And there's Glam with his headphones on, shocked to see him just right there. Yeah, I do like their exchange. They're like, what are you doing there? Yeah. What are you doing there? <laughs> that was pretty funny. He's like, I'm working. <laughs> okay. Okay. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Not paying and attention. And Gleb doesn't bat an eye. Working. He's just like, okay. And just walks off. Yeah. 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 That's great. <clears throat> it's great. Um, you know, of course, meanwhile, while all this is happening, we have Taraj and, and BB-8 fighting in the Aquas of Acquisitions. You know, he 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 sneaks in, he breaks into the office of acquisitions, tries to steal the the face connector, and you know, BB-8 tries to stop him. It's BB-8 fights valiantly. You know, he's quite he, the little he put fighter. Up a pretty good fight. He really did. He did. He did. Uh, but it was not enough, and he gets trapped under a uh, a, a bunch of uh, shelving units, and that's kind of the end of BB-8. We don't usually see BB-8 fail uh, like that. Yeah. And Taraj gets away. Unfortunately, can't always win every battle, but he could learn from this loss and use it elsewhere. Yeah. Well, though it's okay. I have to say it was a little convenient that Kaz found Taraj so quickly because he's literally on the phone with BB-8 saying like, "Where did he go?" And he sees Taraj like walk by him, <laughs> pushing the. The phase connector on a cart. It's a small platform. Everybody That's knows true. everybody. It's not Every... that small, but I'll I'll allow it if only because it's a 22 minute show and there's only so much time you can have. Totally agree. That's why I was saying you got to you, you got to go with it. Suspension of disbelief. Totally agree. He happened to be in the right corridor that the guy was walking down with the phase connector to get to a ship. Just happened to be in the right place. At the That's right time. true. Yeah. That is true. Um, but he quickly, quickly corners. Um, well, he, he follows Taraj and sneaks onto his ship. And sure enough, this is where things start to get even more interesting. The First Order is on board Taraj's ship. 
Bum, bum, bum. Now, wouldn't you expect a couple more uh, First Order troopers other than, I think, the two or three that were there for something like this? That oh, was a pretty big... We didn't ever see the whole ship, did we? Mm-mm. Yeah, but that was a pretty big ship. Yeah, but it's a cargo hauler, so, you know, they don't need all that. It's mostly space. You don't need a lot of people on it, right? Uh, no, that's true, because I think only, what, four four uh, pods ended up being ejected? One was Kaz. That's true. Two were First Order. One was uh, uh, Torj. Tarj. Sorry. Um, my pronunciation isn't that great tonight, folks. <laughs> that's okay. close enough. Yeah. Uh, but I get Bitey correct. You did. You did. Um yep. I actually much like, easier name. Yeah. Yes. And I even like the little moment, you know, because the, the ship takes off while Kaz is on board. And of course, you know, he starts freaking out because it's leaving the Colossus behind. Uh, and while Kaz is trying to figure out what to do, it almost looks like Bitey is like mocking him. Did you notice that? Yes. I, I mean, he was just yes. chomping, but it almost looked like a Bitey was mocking him. Oh, totally agree. Um, but he, <laughs> either way, so Kaz comes up with this plan to cut the power to the ship uh, using the power coupling um, and send it crashing back into the, the ocean. And he does this by basically tricking Bitey into jumping instead of at, you know, jumping at him, missing, slamming into these like wires and effectively electrocuting himself, Bitey, mm-hmm. for like, not just a second, like like a prolonged amount of time. It was a good, what? Well, couple like, minutes and, where Bitey's like, and not as like, <laughs> yeah. But, and but, Bitey gets the choice to leave and chooses to continue biting it too. Yeah, exactly. He, he does, but I think, doesn't he give the first order and, and the other guy a look just like, I'm going to continue <laughs> yeah, when oh, trying yeah, to get him exactly. to stop? No, that's, that's that look, you know, your dogs just grab something out of the trash. Yep. And you yell at them and they look at you. And you look back, and they look at you, and then they continue. Like, <laughs> yes, you absolutely. didn't see anything. Who knows? Maybe Gorgs just like getting pumped with thousands of volts of electricity. I don't it know. It could be fun. Maybe maybe they're kind of like electric <laughs> eels on the planet. But man, Bidey was just like... <laughs> maybe was, maybe yeah. he used electricity to actually sharpen his teeth more. We don't know. We don't. We don't. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, uh, so I guess... I mean, Bitey did choose to keep keep biting it. So either he just loves biting things at the expense of all everything else, or um, I wouldn't put it past and, Bitey. And can you imagine that one little cord actually taking down a full ship? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He really did. It was pretty much all Bitey. Like it was the just ship him. Completely yeah. loses power, crashes into the ocean, um, and in, in, in fact. It pretty much explodes the moment it hits the ocean. It doesn't mm-hmm. just like sink. It explodes. Um, thankfully, Kaz and uh, everyone else makes it off uh, in escape pods. But like, that was quite the quite the end for that ship. And and also, what I thought was very funny is Kaz was like, "Bitey, oh no, what happened to Bitey?" He thought he lost him. Until sure enough. Wasn't he on the outside of the escape pod? He, he was on the outside of the escape pod. I mean, yeah. Bidey caused nothing. Well, until he helped him crash the ship at the end. Bidey was like nothing but a... I was going to say thorn in his side, but more like a tooth on the hand the whole time. Something like that. And, yeah. But, you know, <sighs> he, he mourned poor Bidey, and sure enough, Bidey was back. It Honestly, it wasn't all that surprising. I was kind of expecting no. it. But, you know. Yeah. It was a little bit, I guess. Uh, and, of course, you know, 
this is a kid's show after all, so everyone had to escape the ship. And you Naturally. never know when you might want to get Taraj back, right? Um, but I think it's also mostly so that he could call Commander Pyre and inform him that his mission was a failure. So why do you guys think Taraj was working for the First Order? What's their goal? I mean, I'm assuming it's a, a paid thing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And, sorry, like I'm, that's why Taraj is doing it. And I think the First Order, it sounds like they're trying to, I mean, collect parts for what I assume is Starkiller Base. Mm-hmm. Like they talk about it as being needed for mining or, you know, large scale lasers and things like that, I think. So mm-hmm. I don't know what else it would be. It'd still be under construction. I mean, Kaz suspects they might be trying to mine for Deadlinite. But it might also be just excavation of First Order base. But is it also possible they need this thing to mine for all that Detlinite because they need it for Starkiller base? It's also and that's why they're trying to yeah. gather all of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is interesting. I, I just... I feel like they they keep teasing this stuff with Deadlinite or, or mining, but I, I feel like it's still just too much in the background right now. Um you know, yeah. there's there's multiple plot threads going on at this point, but none of them have really made a ton of progress. There's the there's the whole thing about what the first order is building. Well, it's almost certainly Starkiller Base, mm-hmm. um, and there's the question around what um, uh, who's the spy? Well, it's mm-hmm. it's we don't know actually. Who, yeah, who is the first right now we spy? don't know. There's Kaz learning to be a spy. Um, slowly Kaz learning to be a mechanic. we have made some progress yeah. on that and and trying to fit in and yeah he slowly made learned how to be a mechanic but um they're all the plot threads are just moving very very slowly right now uh, even like introducing a lot of the characters still lots of characters we know next to nothing about um or how had you know i think aside from Kaz got some character growth um mm-hmm. And Yeager, I think, got a little bit of character growth, but not a lot of the other characters have. So I just, I really hope they kind of double down on the character growth. And again, based on that trailer for for the second half of the season, mm-hmm. big stuff's happening. So it's got to be, it's got to be coming up soon, right? I think so. I should hope. It the fact that we're now seeing Kaz be a little bit more mature, a little bit more successful, leads me to believe that. You know, you have to have that before I think you can get to the things mm-hmm. you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. Kaz can't discover the spy by accident without the show feeling kind of cheap. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Because that, that would be your easy out. If he, find, if he does it by accident, then it's a totally easy out. Cop out. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. But, um, you know, Kaz, uh, Kaz returns the Office of Acquisitions and it's a mess. It's a disaster. And, of course... You know, even even she's uh, Bitey, even Peel, even Peel, <laughs> uh, even Bitey is even Peel's cousin, by the way. Um, yeah. The oh, God. <laughs> I just, again, kind of like that that sorry. that little that dog moments, like you were talking about, Stephen, where you know the, the the dog looks at you and you look at the dog and then dog does something anyway. Yeah, that's that was Bitey when uh, Bitey kind of looks at Kaz and then knock something over just like <laughs> that that was like a cat yeah that's, yeah you're right he's more a cat there you go yeah total cat on a counter yeah it's like that last little bit that's right there it's like don't you boom Do- done yeah <laughs> yeah you know what you did exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. exactly and this this is actually what i like i like it because when flicks and orca came back 
You know, they saw the mess. You know, they were shocked by it. And here Kaz is explaining everything that's going on. And what's funny is they were aware that Torge was trying to get this, mm-hmm. get that, get that thing from them. And he's like, he's been doing it for a long time. You know what? Could you have just given him a heads up that if this guy shows up, don't talk don't to trust him. him. Yeah, don't trust him. Don't talk to him. Shut the door. I'm not home. Go grab a different cup of coffee. Come back. I mean, late. It's, Whatever. It does sound like it's been happening long enough that yeah. maybe, you know, maybe they just didn't like you never know when he's going to show up, you know? Well, that's that's true. Or maybe Flix and Orca are secretly the First Order spies. And they were Whoa. using us to test well, yeah, cats. That is a okay. bold statement. But, but the funny thing was... They had the dinner with their mom, with, with Flix's mom. That was so they could go report to Fastback. Really? With the First Order? Yeah. Really? Interesting. Okay, then how do you Flix's explain... Flix's mom is actually Phasma. Okay, well... Oh, okay, God, William. you're going left field. Now, now yeah, that's too much. Yeah, that, that that's now totally left field. But, but then how do you explain them actually sitting there and laughing it off when Kaz explains to them that the phase connector was destroyed when he destroyed the ship. And they basically were just like, they would rather have it be destroyed than go to this guy. It's because they yeah, that actually says that they're... Yeah. 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 No, it's great. It's like They were excited. Of course, Kaz still has to now pay him back for, pay them back for the... Yeah, so so but so that means we probably will be seeing a little bit more of them if he's going to be working as a mechanic and in the shop. I suspect the show's just going to gloss right over that. Yeah. Okay. Is that well? But you see, also, I kind of agree with that too because how is he going to basically juggle the two of them? He the job and I mean his his real job and acquisition. He can't handle his two his real job and his spy job, let alone a two. Real jobs and a spy Okay, wait job. a minute. He's supposed to be a spy. That was a bad joke. Um, <laughs> yes, Tom, that was a bad joke. Yeah, I tried. So hey, I'm not the one bringing up the even peel stuff. I had. Who would do that? <laughs> Jeez, you guys. <laughs> okay, so oh man. Okay, so man. wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, so to get back on the show, what did you guys think of those seagull type things? I think the, it's the first time the, we've seen it before, right? I don't remember seeing I, the seagulls, like seagull-like creatures, all over before. No, it makes sense since they're on a so, plant platform in the ocean. Yeah, and it, it was creepy because it all—it was to me—it was almost like a seagull crossed with a pelican with four eyes. It, it was kind of this really weird cross. It worked for me. I thought it was cool. Yeah, they're very, they're very cool, very cool. And uh, you know, for those people who are, you know, uh, sharp, you know, listening very closely to uh, dialogue, orca actually at one point mentions the moons of gozo goes go sorry uh, which in a curse you know, he, you know he's like ah, the, the, i can't remember the exact words but he kind of swears and mentions the moons of goes go uh, which is actually something that visago says in rebels so i like oh, how they're cool. you know trying to tie things together and make it feel a little bit more like a same universe what that nice. works yeah yeah so um yeah, I, I I don't know. Overall, I thought it was a decent episode. Uh, I liked seeing yeah. a lot of uh, Cass's totally character growth in it. Um, but I think, um, you know, I, I think there's more they can do, as we were just talking about a few moments ago, to help with the show overall. But you know, it, while the story was relatively self-contained, we got a bit more hints about what the First Order might be doing, and mm-hmm. they really are starting to kind of 
slowly, slowly ramp it up. And I'm yeah. excited to see Kaz become more of a real mechanic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One who actually knows what he's doing. And and actually actually we saw we saw him grow a little bit in this episode. Yeah. Which was great. Exactly. Now he just yeah. now he just needs to learn how to do his job right. At least he's doing yeah. his job. So progress. Yeah. He'll get there. <laughs> um so I don't know. If I was gonna give it uh overall, I think I'd give it, you know, seven. Seven Womp Rats out of uh out of ten. And okay. uh I think I think my uh my seven Womp Rats will it, it takes seven Womp Rats to do the job of one Gorg, which are the Womp Rats of the Sea. Uh mm. and so my seven Womp Rats are all going to chomp on that. Um uh, on the, the the power lines to take down the ship um, that is this podcast. <laughs> oh God, um, Stephen, why don't you go next? So I think I'm gonna have to give it. I think I'm also gonna give it a seven out of ten. Actually, like this wasn't an amazing episode by any means, but to me, this was like the quintessential filler episode, almost like. Not a lot happens of consequence in the story. You get a little bit of tidbits that maybe hinted something cool happening in the future. Uh, and you get some character growth. And like, it wasn't a, a seven almost feels high, but like the fact that we actually saw Kaz develop and not be kind of really annoying, I thought was huge. And the fact mm-hmm. that Niku made a joke, but was serious was kind of huge. Like it's to me, it was showing that they're That's moving true. the characters beyond the kind of, uh, you know, stereotypes that they've been thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I so it turns out when uh, you know Kaz was heading down into the uh, you know he was in the the storage crate and uh, you know it's falling. It turns out he was not the only one in the crate. There were also seven other Womp Rats that went tumbling down with him. Oh, wow. so the seven Womp Rats were not able to grab onto the cable that Kaz was holding onto, correct? Yeah, it's un- it's unfortunate, but oh, you know. Man. Stuff happens. So well, they're cork food now. Poor Wombats. That they are. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to make this a unanimous vote. I'm making this a overall seven like the two of you. This was a seven for me. I thought it really moved everything forward. I still think that this probably would have been better off leading off the second half of the series. But I think where it is, Steven, I do agree. It's a good filler episode before we get into the next episode. So if that's what they're looking for with it, it worked for me. Um, my seven Womp Rats. Um, it wasn't just the fight inside Acquisitions that made the mess. Womp Rats were also running around at the same time trying to avoid getting squished in the fight. And they also helped create the mess in Acquisitions. And once that was done, they kind of scattered away to sadly be locked into the place with Kaz. And they also fell with Steven seven Womp Rats. I mean, that would do it. That would do yeah. it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, one of these days, man, we need to do a, a total of how many Womp Rats. That sounds Womp Rats horrifying. Tortured. And yeah. I, I, I would have to agree. I take that back, but I think we do have another episode coming up next week. William, would you like we to take do, that one? We do. And next week we'll have even more Womp Rats to, um, play with um but uh yeah we uh, coming up we have star wars resistance episode 114 that's season one episode 14 um called the doza dilemma 
Uh, in this episode, Sonara settles into life on the platform, but her pirate compatriots have other plans for her. Hmm. It's interesting that they use that um, description with the, the name the Doza Dilemma, because that seems to imply that mm-hmm. maybe the First Order is starting to ramp up presence on the on the ship. I don't know. That would be my guess. But with the Sonara synopsis, I wonder if uh, something else is at play here. Indeed. But is it possible because the pirates work for the First Order, they have to use her. They're using or they're going through her. The First Order is going through the pirates to go through her to do something on the platform. Could very well be. Yeah. Yeah. Because we know the First Order works with the pirates. So. Yep. Um. Yeah, we don't. Ah, the tangled the tangled web they have in the show. Yes, indeed. We will, we will find out soon, though. Um, we will. Uh, I know we were a couple days late with our review this week. Um, no, I blame William. It's all my fault. Oh, no, it, it is all my fault. <laughs> wow. Uh, but next week it will be my fault, and so we will actually Help be recording uh, a couple days late again. But that's fine. Um, and hopefully you guys don't mind waiting in a, an extra day or two. Um, but yeah, so, so stay tuned though. We'll be back next week with The Doza Dilemma. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, Please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncanoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.